The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. And we're back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. 844-843-6879. The number to get involved. College football championships this weekend. Two already in the books. UAB wins the Conference USA. Ball State. Big upset. Beats Buffalo in the MAC. The game somehow does not go over the uh, 69 or 70 total pregame, uh, considering there was 56 points in half number one. And Oregon, Moff is on the move. They are at the USC 25. USC took a, just a stupid penalty. Oregon was punting, and the guy completely, like, cleaned the punter out. Uh, you know, he just came up and, and, and whacked him, keeps the drive going. Oregon now down to the 25. Let's hope that they can get a touchdown in here and conceal this one away for the, uh, for the Ducks. And uh, I saw that ESPN flipped over after the Buffalo game. Lakers and Suns, preseason hoops, Mafia. Here we go. Uh, is LeBron playing tonight? I think I see AD out on the floor. LeBron is out there, yes. And wow. AD. How about that? LeBron and AD. Nice of them to show up tonight uh, to a preseason game. I figured since they played Wednesday, they would definitely take tonight off. I can't believe they're out there. <laughs> that is pretty amazing. I mean, obviously, you know, those two guys don't need it. And especially, you know, AD with his history of injuries, you probably want to put him in bubble wrap as much as you can this season until yeah. you really need him later on. No doubt. I mean, he is, you talk about made of glass. I mean, just, he's always heard. And there's LeBron. Now I see him. Uh, just came out of the game here. 32. They're getting whacked by Phoenix, too. 32 to 16. Not that it matters. I'm. You know what, Mafia? It is weird. Like, right around the corner, right? Tuesday? Tuesday's opening night of the NBA. Game. So we have Nets, Nets Warriors, and Lakers Clippers, right? Doubleheader on Tuesday to start the real NBA action. How about that? Crazy turnaround, man. It's 2020 for you. I mean, it's nuts that. I mean, that's why we're seeing some of these guys that just look out of shape because, you know, how many of us actually ever watched the preseason? Very few, you know. And then usually during it, it's what, like a whole month of preseason games almost or two weeks at least where you're just like two, three weeks of camp. Then you get into games for like two, three weeks and then they get into the regular season. So by that time, like these guys have been in, you know, in the camp and then you know, around the teams and the, the staffs, the, you know, the workouts, the trainers, all those people for like a month at least. So they're working back into shape and they're looking regular and, you know, good and go. And now you got all these guys showing up 
And like two days later, like, all right, go play a game now. And then put on yeah. a jersey. Like, dude, you might need bigger size this year. I mean, for the teams that did play late into the bubble, it is a pretty quick turnaround. Like, I know Scotty was talking about it the other day. Look, they're professionals. They should ball every day. Yada, yada, yada. I, I mean, they just finished like the second week of October. I just got this feeling, and I've seen other people say it, like LeBron's going to play opening night and on Christmas, and you might not see him for like two weeks. He's going he's gonna to have some kind of phantom, you know, uh, you know, they're not going to say that he's resting or it's load management, but he's going to have something, a small tweak, and he's going to miss a few games. It's a very fast turnaround for the NBA. Uh, that's for sure. We welcome in all of our radio affiliates, Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty tonight, 844-843-6879, the number to get involved. We're talking, uh, we've got NBA starting on Tuesday, NHL is going to play Mafia, we'll knock this out of the way really fast and then we'll get to the NFL after the break. Uh, NHL 56 game season, they've got some crazy divisions, an all Canadian division. The Atlantic and the Pacific, which are just jammed with really good teams. They've got a central. Now, they're going to rename all the divisions. I just saw that report come across. They're going to basically uh, top four teams in each division make the playoffs. They will seed it by regular season record. So there's no East and West this year. Uh, they're going to play. You're going to play like eight games against each of these teams. And they're going to, you know, shotgun moth. They're ready to go. Like January, they still think they're starting January 13th. It's less than a month from now. Uh, camps on the 30th NHL that should be a real sloppy start to the season <laughs> well they think they're going to start it but I mean it's self-included with the Canadian health officials that's a thing too yeah. it's like you know barring uh ratification by the players union and the well you should have checked with Canadian officials first because isn't that the big holdup hasn't that been the big problem that's why the Raptors are playing in Tampa that's why you know you had issues with uh something with the Blue Jays all year and now you have seven teams that have to be moving around and playing like yeah they're playing against each other but that doesn't mean that what, what one province does is okay with the other one. Like I just think that's kind of short-sighted by them on that. I'm not. I'm glad they're playing, but I really don't like the divisions the way they set up. Like the top four in each. I think you know that Metro, that Eastern Division. Like you could have at least the top six in there, or the, the Pacific too. Like those are so deep that you're really kind of screwing over a couple teams there by putting them in there and only taking the top four. No, and it's because of and and what screwed it all was this Canadian division. Because that's where the unbalance is. None of these teams, uh, you know, belong on the level. Calgary, I get Calgary's a playoff team. I get that Toronto was a playoff team. Vancouver's a playoff team. But none of those teams in Canada are in that elite five to seven teams in the league. And now though those elite five to seven teams are spread out in the other three divisions, that Canadian division is weak. It's going to be, and, and one of those teams is going to make the final four. What I think, Toronto, here's your shot. You finally have it, Toronto. You better take advantage of it. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia, 844-843-6879. We start getting into NFL Week 15. The bench rolls on right after this. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table. 
with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Our goal is subtle, but profound. We want you, Sporto, to hold court at the company water cooler every Friday and Monday. Get it? That's the winning edge. All you got to do is listen. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And we're back. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia. In for Scotty, 844-843-6879. The Ducks have added on a field goal. They now lead USC 31-17 to out at the LA Coliseum. And I did want to mention this to you, Mafia. Uh, Triple G, uh, he ended up beating his tomato can. Uh, Cesar Meta, whatever his name is. Uh, seventh round, I guess he either knocked him out or they stopped it. Uh, I mean, geez, could they and Hearn, you know, afterwards, you want to see him in mega fights next year. Well, geez, I hope it's better than the fight he had tonight. I mean, who is this hack that he beat up tonight, Mafia? Honestly, what you're going to get this is what you're going to get when uh, these guys aren't fighting each other. I mean, you have him <laughs> fighting this guy. You have Canelo tomorrow fighting the oh, wrong guy. Another but, hack, uh, right? Another hack. Fighting. Canelo's fighting tomorrow. With Callum Smith instead of you should be fighting Ooh. Caleb Plant. You know, your Ooh. boy that you met out in Vegas. He should be fighting Plant, but he's not. He's fighting Smith. I mean, they don't want to fight each other. Well, at least Canelo doesn't want to fight him again because of course you know, not. should have lost the first two. But that's the problem with boxing. Because you have so many of these fights. You're like, really? You get the one last week with Joshua against Pulev. It's like, really? You know, this is what you're giving us? You get some epic fights like, you know, uh, Tiafuma Lopez is win over uh, Lomachenko. And you get, you know, then you get other ones like Spence over Garcia, which is like, yeah, there are big names, but we knew that was going to be, you know, just an easy fight. These ones that you last week and this week, they're like, don't even need to watch it. I can tell you who's won the fight, you know, just like on the telepath or something. It's just, that's what boxing is right now. For every two or three great fights, you get 10 that are suck. No, they, they these guys never want to fight who they should be fighting. And it's been the case for years now. How long did the, Joshua and Wilder messed around? We said it for so long, the three of us, Mafia. Eventually, one of these guys is going to lose, and the juice is going to be gone out of the two of them getting together. And sure enough, it eventually happened. Now it's Joshua and Fury. Everybody wants them to fight. Hasn't happened. They're in the talks. I guess that's the closest out of all. Spence, I mean, when's he going to fight? T-Bud's another guy. Can T-Bud fight somebody with a pulse? I mean, he's supposed to be the best fighter in the world. Can T-Bud go and fight somebody? And I don't want to hear Manny Pacquiao, who's, you know, 67 years old, wherever Manny's at right now. I want T-Bud to fight Spence. You want to see these guys, you want to see the big fights, and they never happen because these guys are flat out scared, Mafia. No, these guys don't want to fight Caleb Plant. Triple G don't want to fight Caleb Plant. Canelo doesn't want Caleb Plant. Caleb Plant will knock him out. That's why they don't want to fight him. Right. The thing with boxing is it's so much about your record. That's one, you know, the best things about MMA is it doesn't matter what you're, you know, you're, you could have four or five losses. You can get even more than that throughout a career. You can still fight for the title. You can still eventually make some big money if you get, you know, to the title belt. You get that belt. 
You fight it for a couple of times, you defend it. Boxing, you got pretty much got to be undefeated or like have one or two losses. Otherwise, people just forget about you. It's so all about, you know, just not losing. Because once you do, you know, the juice is gone with a lot of these guys. So they avoid it. I mean, like you said, T-Bun and Spence should be fighting each other, but they keep, you know, both of them talking about Pacquiao. Why? Because they know that's going to be a bigger money fight. People are going to still have the draw of Pacquiao, and especially right now coming out of COVID where you, you know, don't know if you're going to get fans or when you're going to get fans next year. If you do a fight in the spring, you might not have fans at it still. So, you know, the way you're going to make your money is pay-per-view. And, you know, if that's the case, you want a big guy like Manny Pacquiao getting the pay-per-view instead of you fighting each other and maybe not getting the same buys. Well, that's that's 100% true because I can tell you one thing. If you walked up to 20 random sports fans, you know, everyday Joes, on the street, you know, and asked him who uh, Earl Spence was or asked him who Bud Croft, T- Terrence Crawford was, 19 out of 20 of them off, you would have no idea who those guys are. Absolutely zero. Where probably, you know, uh, you know, 18 out of 20 would know who Manny Pacquiao is. And, that, and that's why you're in that situation, because there's only, well, you can count on one hand the amount of guys in boxing that when you say their name, the average person knows who they are. Pacquiao, Mayweather. Honestly, Moff, I don't even know if you get that with Wilder, Fury, or Joshua. I don't think that the average sports fan, maybe Fury, he's been around a little bit more now since he's beat Wilder. But the names aren't there. They're not the every the Tysons, you know, the Holyfields, the the, the names, the name recognition is gone. It's just it's awful to see. That is true. I mean, honestly, me and Scotty were out there in LA for that first. Wilder Fury fight at the Staples Center in downtown LA. And the night before, we're at some pizza place there. And, you know, Scott starts talking to two cops that were there, you know, getting some pizza during their break. And they had no idea the fight was going on the night, the next night. They had no idea these guys were fighting at the Staples Center. They had no idea who the guys were. And it's a shame. They're just not promoting and marketing like they should. You know, you, you throw up some posters here and there. It just doesn't do it enough. You know, you're not getting these guys out there and getting the personalities that you had before. And people just aren't buying in. I mean, it's a lot of things that compound into this, though. It's not just about, you know, the, the name recognition. I mean, you know the name recognition because you have five champs in each division. You have all these governing bodies that give out their own belts. You know, when you have five different champs, you're not going to care. You know, you have every seven pounds is the new weight division. So you have 20 weight divisions with five different champs from five different governing bodies, with, you know, all run by like seven different promoters. So they won't fight each other because they don't like this guy. So they're not going to put our, their guy against that guy's guys. There's just so much politicking and BS going on in the sport of boxing that it dilutes it and makes people just not care. It's absolutely embarrassing. I mean, the heavyweight championship of the world, and you got a couple of cops down the block from the stable center who don't know that the fight's going on. I mean, that's that that says it all right there. I, I mean, it just does. I know a lot of things go on in L.A. Nobody cares about boxing. A small amount of people care about it. A very small amount of people can tell you who all the best fighters in the world are it's sad and and with the mma moff i'm just ready for the new year i'm ready for us to come back the first week of january because we have a connor fight in january <laughs> i'm ready i've had no fights these past few months that i've been able to really get excited about really get the juice going the last one that i think i got really hyped up on was when your man uh went to fight the guy on like one week's notice masvidal right uh right masvidal masvidal Right, and that fight was a total bust. So I got all hyped up about Masvidal, and then Usman kicked him in the shins for a half an hour. So that fight really <laughs> bothered me. But now Connor's back. If I'm only going to see him once a year, 
and he's going to fight these guys that he can absolutely beat. He's going to beat Poirier, right? That's that shouldn't be a problem for Connor, right? Nope, I'm not saying that. I think Poirier really? got a great shot on that. Poirier's a much different fighter, a much better fighter than they fought, you know, what, I think five, six years ago or whatever it was. Because, I mean, that was before Connor had the hype train behind him. That's when all the hype train was just his mouth, you know, and just him coming in there talking about how he's the greatest. I think Poirier probably took him a little lightly there, thinking, oh, this guy's all talk, this guy's nobody. And then found out, no, this guy's legit. And I think Poirier is, you know, really rededicated himself and got himself in much better shape than he was there all around fighting. He got tossed around by Khabib, but everybody does. I mean, that fight against Hooker this summer just showed you how much of a badass Poirier is because Hooker threw everything he had on him, and he just kept coming right back at him with more. You know, he kept coming out. Hooker took two shots. He threw four, and it was just a crazy five-round battle between those two guys. Yeah, I can't believe that people, like, want Dana White to bring Khabib back so badly. I I mean, look, his fights are boring. He always wins, and I'll give him credit for that, and he's stiff. I mean, in terms of just personality and i get it it's not it's not the wwe but you you like guys that have a little charisma off you like guys that you like nobody cares about khabib right i'm not wrong on that right like nobody cares because he's got no personality no just the hardcore fighters like watching him fight because he's technical that's it that's all that the attraction is with khabib no it's definitely all about you know him just dominating guys and you know people who yeah. love the sport and like appreciate that yeah you can get into that but the average fan like you I, I get that completely it's not exciting for you to just see him toss guys around and just completely dominate them like they're children i mean that's just how good he is and that's sometimes when that happens it, it gets boring I, I understand that completely i want two guys who are going to talk smack to each other the whole week leading up to the fight i want them yelling at each other and then when they actually get in the ring I want them to throw hands. I want them to go in there and fight and say what you want about Connor. You know, is he a moron? Yes, he is a moron. But he talks mafia, and at least when he does get in the ring, he wants to throw hands. He wants a street fight. That's what he's all about. So that's why I like watching Connor fight, even if it is only once a year and he is a moron. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. We'll finally get into week 15 in the NFL. A lot of games to get through. We get it going right after this. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life, so I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We're going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up, and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia here with you. 844-843-6879. USC is going to try to do it again. They have been uh, living on the edge all year with fourth quarter comebacks. They were down 14 to start the fourth. 
They just got a touchdown, 31-24. The Ducks lead, 6-16 to go in the fourth quarter. We'll see if USC can pull another rabbit out of the hat. All right, Mafia, we haven't hit the NFL yet. Uh, Full slate, week 15, three weeks to go in the regular season, and still a lot to be determined in terms of playoff seeding. We've got uh, a couple of heavies playing in the late game at 4 o'clock on Sunday. Let's roll into it here. We'll start with Saturday. We've got two games. Saturday football starts, and it starts with my Buffalo Bills, who, as we have said 600 times this week, they are looking to win the AFC East for the first time since 1995. This line continues to kind of swing back and forth. It was seven early in the week, six, got down to five, went back to six. Now it's five and a half on FanDuel. I know that Denver's missing a bunch of corners I saw today that were ruled out for the game. That, you would think, is going to bode very well for Josh Allen and Diggs and Beasley and the things that they like to do. I think the Bills, I've kind of, I, I was kind of leery on it all week, Mafia, but as I get closer to kickoff here, I'm getting more confident. I think the Bills are going to take care of business tomorrow. They're going to win the AFC East. And not only that, they've got an opportunity to get the two now. If the Steelers can lose a game along the way here, not this week. We know they're playing the Bungles. But with Indy and with the Browns the next two weeks, and the two is huge this year. Because yet I know you're not getting a bye, Mafia, but the two is important because you could host two games before the title game. You'll host in the wild card round. And not only will you avoid the one seed in the in the divisional round, but you will host the game. So the two seed, a lot on the table. I think the Bills take care of business, Moff. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of scared looking at these Saturday games by how much I like the favorites. And I look at the line and say, you know, why is this at this level? Like, this makes no yeah. sense. This game to be five and a half. The Bills should be at least a touchdown, if not more. You know, seven and a half, eight maybe. So I think that they smoke Denver. I know people maybe are excited. Because Denver beat Carolina last week and put up some points, but come on, the Panthers are going down quick. You and I were just discussing in the uh, in the break here that we're still hoping for the Panthers to just lose out so we get that under yes. five, five and a half at FanDuel. So <laughs> I just do not know why this line has dropped like it has. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever. The Bills are playing at the top level right now. They should smoke Carolina. No, they should, and um, and and I think that they will. Uh, and and you're right when you talk about season long uh, winning over win uh, over unders. With three weeks to go, now's the time where if you play a lot of them at the beginning of the season, you start to take inventory. Do I have any already in the win column? Do I have already in the loss column? And then the ones like we have with Carolina, where there is still a lot to be decided in these final three weeks. I have a few of those, Carolina, the Giants, etc. You know what I like to do tomorrow, Mafia, with these two games? Because you're right. The Lions are, you know, they're kind of bouncing a little bit. It's hard to make sense of it. Green Bay should smoke Carolina. It looks so easy on paper. The Bills should smoke Denver. It looks so easy on paper. I think if you like to do it, I think this is a nice teaser spot tomorrow. I think that, you you know, you take the Bills, you know, you you, you throw the Bills and you throw the, uh, the Packers into a nice little teaser. Get the Bills at plus a half. You get the Packers at minus one and a half. Two team tees. I think that's a nice way if you want to try to play a little safe tomorrow. Obviously. Especially because, like you said, you know, those guys being where they're at, it's a situation with the teaser. Obviously, when you do that, you know, it drops your what you're making back on any bet. So, you know, it's one that you could tease them down and feel really, really great about it and throw a lot more on than you would in a usual teaser because, you know, it should be so easy to hit. And, you know, famous last words, of course. (laughs) But, you know, I'd feel more confident throwing more on a teaser there than I would on previous ones that I've done because it just seems so out of whack. But maybe that's why I should be more cautious about it. Who knows? 
Uh, USC is going to get the ball back here. A quick three and out for the Ducks, and I do not like to see this. We got the Ducks on the money line here tonight. We are looking for them to win outright. 4.52 to go. They are about to pump the football back to USC. Let's go to Sunday, Moff. Uh, Bears and Vikings. The winner of this game is like they're still in the mix. Like they could get to seven and seven. Depending on what happens with Arizona, they could be tied for the last wild card in the NFC. Uh, the line's gone down to three. I saw some three and a halves yesterday. I don't know. Both these teams stink. Like, like, like this is a tough. You know what this is for me? I actually think that the total's a little low. I think 46 and a half, and I know they say division games the second time. They trend under. I think that both these teams could get into the mid-20s uh, and, and put this game over the number. And this is a prop game for me, Mafia. I, I don't like I don't like either side when it comes to the three with the Bears and the Vikings. I'm with you on that. This one really much, you know, for me, this game is pretty much just Dalvin Cook versus the Bears defense. That's what this game is really right. going to break down to because, you know, I know Chicago started to get it going a little bit. I was very surprised how they just smoked Houston last week. I thought that was an easy win for Houston, and somehow they just got their ass kicked the whole game. So that one surprised me. I thought Minnesota would give a little more to Tampa. I thought Tampa would win, but I thought Minnesota would give a little more. Uh, so both of these teams just you know, did completely opposite of what they, I thought they would do last week, so I'm really not sure. Like you said, with the spread, it might be more where you just play you know, who's going to get what as far as player props. Or you know, yeah. maybe throw that in some kind of teaser and you know tease it up and say hey this is going to be a double digit loss by you know either side yeah this is the kind of game where i'll try to i'll zero in on one player and it'll probably dalvin cook i just actually threw it in there to look what the numbers were you do the nice uh the FanDuel sgp the same game parlay vikings money line cook uh, anytime touchdown cook over 96 and a half rushing yards plus 237 you know nice little $50 bet win you a buck 18 Vikings money line, Cook touchdown, Cook over 96. That's how I've like been been attacking these same game parlays now, Mafia. I've been like taking team, player touchdown, same player yardage, whether they're a running back or they're a receiver. That's kind of been my way because they've got this great thing now where if you get two out of three, you know, they're giving you your money back up to 25 bucks. So that's kind of been my strategy, and it's you know somewhat been working for me the last week or two with the same game parlays. That's not a bad one for Cook with the Vikings. No, it's not. It's kind of a low number for him because first I was thinking like, well, you know, the Bears defense is good, but when you look at the numbers, they're actually not that great against the run. They're giving up 115 yards a game. You know, surprisingly, yeah. they are letting them, you know, get themselves get run on. So, you know, with a guy like Dalvin Cook, you have a situation there where, you know, he's one of the few bell cow running backs in the NFL. There's so many other ones where you can't really be sure that one quarter, uh, one running back is going to have a big day. I mean, you have, you'd bet take any of the Rams running backs, you're just throwing money out and you know hoping that it comes back to you because you never know who's going to run. And same thing with uh, you know Tampa Bay's had the three different guys that they've used all year. So there's plenty of teams where you have no idea who's going to be running the ball that day. Minnesota, you know who's going to be running the ball 80% of the time they've rushed the ball, and it's going to be Dalvin Cook. Yeah, no, no question about it. Uh, Detroit at Tennessee, 11.5 is now the number. Stafford's questionable for Detroit. I don't really care if he plays or not. Uh, I know Scotty was saying the same thing the other day uh, when he was talking about this game. Like, this is a spot for the Titans. Like, this is Derrick Henry time. You saw it last week against Jacksonville. Go back to last year in December. This is the time of year where Tennessee gives the rock to Derrick Henry, and he just absolutely demoralizes teams. The Lions stink. Stafford might not play. 
I in double digits is always dicey in the NFL, especially with the Lions, who seem to, when they're a big dog, always show up and play. But I think that Tennessee, they're trying to, you know, lock up that division, give the rock to Henry 25 times, and I think they cover that 11 and a half. I'm a little more fishy on this one than I, th- I feel like I should be. You know, looking at it, I should be like, yeah, they should smoke the Lions. The Lions are a terrible team right now. They're going down the drain. They fired their coach. It's just a complete mess. I just don't know, though, if Tennessee can cover that biggest spread because they've just been a bad team this year. I mean, I know they have 9-4 records, so I can't say you know bad is relative. To, but this is a team that was you know, a very dominant team. They've had a lot of close games they shouldn't have. They've kind of been mediocre on the defensive side, which was their strong suit last year besides Henry. I'm not sure I can really believe in them, even at home, covering that biggest spread. That might be one I look to play at a teaser or you know go for player props with Henry. Texans and Colts in Indy. These two teams played, I think it was two or three weeks ago, played a pretty good game down in Houston. Uh, seven and a half right now for the Colts, 51 and a half total. Same as Chicago and Minnesota for me, Moff. This is going to be a prop game for me. I, I don't really – seven – the half, the half scares me with the Colts, especially when they played a tight game with this squad a few weeks ago. Yeah, the hook's always something that worries you, and then FanDuel loves to throw the hooks in there. They do not give you flat numbers a lot of times. There's always that hook. To kind of you know catch you and fish you in on that one. Uh, for me though, I'm going into you with this one. Houston showed me last week they're not legit. They have nothing you know left this season. I thought they'd show up against Chicago, who's another bad team. Now they're playing a good team. I think Indy's going to kick their ass. <laughs> so you're going all in with the Colts uh, for that one. Let me see what else we got here. Uh, I went to check something else out. Jaguars and Ravens. This is one of these games where. The Ravens are a bully team, and when they play teams that are a lot worse than them, they usually punish them with the run game. I can see them running for, you know, three, four hundred yards, completely steamrolling the Jaguars. Jaguars, though, have been good, Mafia, with the double-digit spreads this year. Seems like the Jags, uh, no matter who's been in there, whether it was uh, Minshew will play this week, Glennon's done it, the kid from Oregon State, Luton, that was in there, he did it with the Packers. They've been kind of decent with the double-digit lines. They suck. They're trying to lose just like the Jets. I have no faith in them. <laughs> I mean, Minshew Mania is back, I think, this week, but I also don't have much faith in him anymore. The team was, you know, playing looting over him. They obviously don't have faith in this guy. So I'm all for them getting smoked in this game. Pharrell on the bench, Carver High, and Mafia, 844-843-688. Seven nine. We've got a few more to get through. When we come back, the fishiest line of the week, no question, involves the fish. Miami Dolphins against the New England Patriots. The Pharrell on the bench keeps rolling right after this. It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. And we're back. We're on the bench. Carver High and Mafia here with you. Scotty, of course, off tonight. Start of his vacation. Uh, He will be back January the 4th, Mafia. I think I'm right on that. Monday, January the 4th. Uh, Of course, uh, Sports Grid Radio starts on Sirius XM on January the 7th, channel 204. So make sure 
you are ready for that as well when the new year gets going. Mafia, uh, by the way, Oregon with an unbelievable pick. Ducks fly together, baby. 31-24. They lead the Trojans. They're going to try to get a couple first downs and sow this game away. Unbelievable interception by the kid over on the sideline. Kept the foot in. And we're going to hope that the Ducks can finish this thing off and win the Pac-12 title in a game they were not even supposed to be in. But who cares? It's all about them hitting the money line tonight. Uh, Patriots and Dolphins, Mafia. Minus one and a half. For the Dolphins, who, as we know, eight wins, trying to get into the playoffs. Uh, and the Patriots, uh, you know, season conceivably over after losing last week to the Rams. Do you fe- Is this line, you know, pretty much the Bill Belichick versus the rookie quarterback uh, type of line right here? We know what he does to rookie quarterbacks. Patriots beat the Dolphins way, 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 way back when the season started. Do we have an upset on our hands? Line says Pats. Let's be fair. Line says to take the Pats here on Sunday, Mafia. Yeah, it does. And I think I've seen other places where it actually is a bigger line. So I'm surprised this one's smaller here. I think it's definitely leaving Pats because, you know, you know, playing at home is usually at least a field goal, uh, you know, three points for you. I know maybe that's different this year with no fans. I don't know. But that's very weird to me because Miami's clearly the better team this year. And I can understand if maybe they got smoked last week like the Patriots did when they got beat 24-3 in their last game on in Thursday night, but they didn't. They actually played the Chiefs to a, a tight game you know, to less than a touchdown. You know, it was a, a little bit, uh, you know, suspect as it was, you know, kind of a late comeback. Kansas City was up big. They scored 28 on Anderson. So they were up big and Miami came back. But I think that shows a lot from that team. I'm extremely surprised that they're getting this, you know, uh, this love here on the line. Maybe it's not only uh, Bill Belichick versus you know rookie quarterbacks. Maybe it's also you know pretty sure he has a great record against his former assistant coaches too. So maybe that's all playing into this. But it still seems kind of whack to me. Yeah, th- this game is either Patriots or a stay away. Uh, I can't take the Dolphins with that line. Uh, the total's kind of iffy to me too. Maybe I'll try to find a prop or something uh, that I like in the game, but. Uh, that's Pats or Pass. Maybe put the Pats in a teaser. I think putting the Pats in a teaser is not a bad spot either. Get yourself even more points. Get over that seven number uh, if you could do it. 49ers and Cowboys. I mean, this game sucks, Moff. Let's be fair. Uh, there's a reason why it was moved out of the Sunday night game. Mullins is going to start again for the Niners. You got Dalton for the Cowboys. Uh, geez, I don't know. I actually kind of like the Cowboys, believe it or not. Throw them in there on the money line. <laughs> Yeah, it's another one that's like a fishy line here that uh, San Francisco on the road is laying points here with Mullins at quarterback. It'd be one thing if Jimmy G was back. You know, they have a lot of guys out on that team still. They've gotten a bunch back, but still you have a lot of guys injured that I think, you know, Kittle still is on injured reserve. You've had the receiving core be banged up throughout the season. I think they're still out. Isn't Debo out of this game too for the receivers? So I just don't get it. I mean, Cowboys have started to get their stuff together right now with Eddie Dalton in there and mixing it up and actually, you know, having some time in there. Obviously, his starts were uh, were interrupted in the beginning because of the concussion. He had to sit out and all that stuff. But, I mean, they looked great against Cincinnati. You had San Francisco's had their struggles you know, throughout the season, but they get beat by Buffalo closer than it probably should have been. But still, they get beat by Buffalo. They lose to Washington. Why are they favored? I don't get it. That's another one that seems very fishy to me. Yeah, it does. It's a stay-away game. You don't really want to get involved in that game unless there's an angle that you really love in the Cowboys and the 49ers. It's it's really just uh, steer clear. There's plenty of other better options. And one of those options to me, Mafia, is the Seahawks, especially now that Haskins 
is going to be playing for Washington. And it's too bad because Alex Smith was playing well. The team was playing well. Now, look, their D has also been playing really well, and that's still going to be out there. But I think that Washington, as bad as Seattle's D is, and that's kind of been rectified the last couple of weeks. Since they got Dunlop, things have been a little bit better. Adams gets healthy. I just don't I, – I have no confidence in Haskins. This is a play against Haskins. It's gone up to six and a half. I would get it probably tonight or, or get it on Saturday morning. Before. I think this thing hits seven or higher by the time they kick off on Sunday. Uh, under seven, though, I think this is a must hit for the Seahawks. Yeah, I think it is. I think if Alex Smith was in there, I might actually uh, tease it up and lean towards Washington because of what that defense has done and because uh, I think that it's it's definitely one that should be fine for Seattle. I, I like that one a lot now with, like you said, Haskins being in there. If Smith was in there, I think it would have been different. I think if Smith was in there, I might have leaned toward Washington, maybe tease it up and, and took them because I think that they are a tough team on defense. As you said, they, they get a good pressure on the quarterback which could disrupt Wilson's timing with Metcalf and make it harder for them to connect deep down the field. And I just don't like uh, what Seattle has shown me against some tougher defenses here. You know, that game against the Giants. So, I mean, if you get some pressure on it, you get a good defense, you know, you could disrupt them. You could hold them down. You can make them a lot more of a one-dimensional team than they, you know, have been throughout the season. They've been lighting everybody up. And they only scored, what, 12 against the Giants, who aren't yeah. a good team or a mediocre team. So, Washington is another mediocre team with a good defense and you know i would say a better quarterback than colt mccoy was in there against them for the giants i think that it would have been a game that would have been a tight game it could have been very interesting you know just because they blew out the jets last week doesn't mean anything everyone blows out the jets so i thought it would have been a great game but haskins in there i think he's going to make some dumb mistakes and cost them big and have them lose by you know probably 17 now yeah haskins stinks you you cannot back haskins uh in this game you just can't not not against russell wilson uh this is a seahawk play for me i'll probably find some other stuff in the game that's interesting as well tampa goes to atlanta six point road favorites i don't know like falcons have been playing some close games they're at home the bucks are not overly impressive they got a lot of help from dan bailey last week missing a billion kicks i I don't think they're gonna win the game but i kind of like the falcons getting the six points here mafia and the under has hit like eight of the last 10 Falcon games. I think the six is a good spot for Atlanta. I thought about that for about half a second, and then I realized that the Falcons, <laughs> I know the Bucs haven't been overly impressive, but I think that right now this is a game they're going to open things up. I think they're going to win this one easily. Uh, I think last week we saw Brady not only throw deep, but he's not had success with that. That's been the problem for him all this year is they've had him throw all these balls deep, and he just can't get it going. And you're saying, what the hell are you doing? Why are you making this guy do this? Well, it finally started to click last week, and I think that's going to burn Atlanta many, many times in this game, and you know Tampa could probably run this up. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I can understand the thinking there. I just these, – these NFC South games sometimes tend to be pretty tight, and uh, I'm going to lean on the side of Atlanta. Is this a fumble for the Ducks? Ducks fly together. Do we have a fumble? We do. That ball's out. Come on. That ball is out. They call them down. Jeez. 15 seconds left. USC has a long way to go. We'll see if they can close this thing out. Now they 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 call them down, I suppose. And uh come on, end this game. End this game. And nope, we're not gonna end it. We're gonna keep moving down the field. All right, we'll keep our eyes on this one. Uh the four o'clock games. Jets, a lot of wood here, Mafia. 17 and a half 
out in L.A. against the Rams. They went to the West Coast last week. They got absolutely whacked by Seattle. The Rams have had some extra rest off the Thursday night win against the Patriots. They currently lead the NFC West, and they are, I think, going to win the division. Maybe uh, even get themselves up into the into the two. Uh, I don't think they can get the one, but at least the two seed. I like the Rams here, and I do think they'll cover. I don't think the Jets will score. I, I just think it's a game where the Jets are going to score under 10 points. And even if the Rams can get you to 27, it's right in that area, I think that'll be good enough for a cover. Lay it, lay it, lay it, lay yeah. it. I mean, I know it's a big one. If you don't like it, if you're worried about it, okay, maybe tease it down if you really want to you know, throw in there with a couple other games. But the Jets should get smoked in this game. L.A.'s defense is going to be in San Arnold's face all day. I think that, you know, once again, their offense is doing nothing. Their defense is not going to be quick enough to keep up with the short passes that, you know, break into 20-yard gains for Robert Woods and these guys. Their running game is starting to go on multiple cylinders. Akers is kind of taking the lead there and, you know, been a, a badass for them as we saw against the Patriots and then these other guys. You know, when he gets tired, give him a little spell and they come in there and they can get, you know, some you know, chunk yards themselves. So I think LA is starting to really roll again. And against a terrible team like the Jets who are trying to lose the game going across country to the West Coast, it's going to be a bloodbath. And the Ducks do beat USC 31 to 24. Ducks fly together with a money line winner for the Oregon Ducks. Good, proud of the Ducks. USC was never that good. They won every I mean, game what the, the hell? Can, can you get a pass off for the Hail Mary here? Like, what is Slovis doing here? Slovis I mean, couldn't even throw it. <laughs> and the only thing worse than that was when they, they throw it to the lineman who then gets it and, you know, obviously flagged and is going to be uh, dead ball. Then he tries to, he runs for like 10, 20 yards and then tries to lateral it. Laterals it to the guy that runs right into the same group of guys that he's uh, getting tackled by. What is he doing? Yeah, when, when, you, when it's Hail Mary time, you got to at least get, you got to at least get the Hail Mary off. Okay. Get the Hail Mary off. All right, we'll roll through these last ones uh, pretty quickly here. Eagles and Arizona. Uh, Eagles are back, Moff. But listen, 6-1 to one to win the NFC East, and, and it's because Smith is out for, the, for Washington. Uh, McCoy in there for the Giants. They could both lose this week, and if the Eagles could ever win in Arizona, they are back in the mix. They've got some life with Hurts. Uh, you know, not a lot of tape yet. Last week he ran all over the place against the Saints. This could be a fun game. I love the over 49 and a half in this game. That's my favorite play. Yeah, the over might be the better play here because I'm, I'm kind of feeling Arizona. They need this game too. It would be one thing if they were kind of locked into a position and this didn't matter. But this is desperation for them as well. So, you know, they had a big game against the Giants last week. I think they're going to probably blow out the Eagles, but it might be safer just to play the over. Yeah, over is the play. Uh, Arizona, absolutely a lot to play for, as we know. They're sitting in that last wild card in the NFC. They need to keep pace with that. Chiefs and Saints, big one, uh, 425 East on Sunday. Drew Brees back for the Saints. No Michael Thomas. Chiefs have won, you know, what did he say, 22 out of 23, something ridiculous like that. I don't know, Moff. They're going to win every week. I, I feel like this is like one of those things where maybe the Chiefs would be better off losing a game here before they get to the playoffs. I don't know. Like just, you know, reset the clock a little bit, get themselves ready. Uh, this this is could be a good one, but I don't know if it's going to be as high scoring as people think. I think this could be a little lower scoring. Uh, I think it'll be high scoring. Both these defenses are giving up points. I know people talk about how good the New Orleans defense is, and then every time you talk about that, they get in a shootout game. I mean, when push comes to shove, it's going to be a shootout game for them. I don't think Kansas City could you know end up losing this one. It could be one where like, all right, we don't need it, but in reality, Pittsburgh's right behind them. You know, they want to keep that that number one seed. They want to you know keep the the bye week. I think they're going to give it their all. 
And actually, I'm going to roll with them. I, it could be one they lose, but I don't think so. I think Bree's going to come in here and be rusty and take some shots. It's still going to be hurt. Sunday night game, Browns at the Giants. Minus six and a half point road favorites for the Browns. Giants have been good as an underdog this year. Uh, they're at home. They've got Colt McCoy. They don't have Bradbury at corner, which is going to hurt them. I think the Browns actually cover this number. I, it's, it's hard to trust the Browns on the road as a favorite, but I'm going to do it on Sunday night, Moff. Yeah, listen, I know the Giants' defense has been playing well. I know they're back into this. I know this is, you know, do or die for them, really. Well, not do or die, but it's pretty much, you know, they got to put themselves in the right position here with Washington and uh, Eagles right there. I just don't believe in Colt McCoy at all. You know, we saw last week him getting beat up by Arizona. I think Daniel Jones, you know, they shouldn't have played him last week when he did play. I think he just hurt himself worse and screwed up their season. I think that they're going to get smoked. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I think that this is like a 10-point win for the Browns. All right, Pharrell on the bench, Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty. We wrap this puppy up right after this. And we're back. Pharrell on the bench. Carver High and Mafia in for Scotty on a Friday night, 844-843-6879. We got through all the NFL. We got through all the college. We talked to NHLs coming back with the 56-game season. NBA tipping off on Tuesday. Uh, And Mafia, we've kind of hit the end of the line, too, uh, in terms of, like, the calendar here. Uh, Obviously, Scotty off today. He starts his, uh, you know, two weeks off around the Christmas holidays. He'll be back on January 4th. Uh, I'm out next week. You're going to be with Keith uh, Monday and Tuesday, coast to coast. The Monday and Tuesday after that, I'll be with Craig Mish for coast to coast. So uh, basically, Mafia, after today, you know, the band gets back together on January 4th. (laughs) Yeah, we'll uh, be going our separate ways, enjoying our time off here, and hopefully refueling to start things up in the new year for um, hopefully a much better 2021 than most of us have had for 2020. Uh, I mean, I, I can't, can't be completely down the year, obviously, getting married, getting a dog. So I've had some good things happen, but uh, <laughs> still looking for a better 2021. No, no doubt. Listen, 2020, um, listen, you're right. Good things did happen. I mean, we came to SportsGrid, which was an outstanding thing uh, as well. So there are good things that did happen in 2020, uh, but we're going to close the book here in a couple of weeks and we'll get ready. There's a lot of college football to get in the mix. I'm excited for this weekend, Mavi. I think it's going to be fun. And you know the predicament I'm in tomorrow. I've got the Irish and the Bills playing at the same time. I don't know how I'm going to be able to contain myself on in-game live, Mafia. You know, it's bad enough when you have divided attention when one of your teams is playing when you're on air, let alone both of them. I don't know how you're going to focus at all. I mean, somebody just might have to carry the show himself tomorrow. You just got to go do your own thing. Listen, Colin we're gonna sick. try. We're we're gonna try to hit some hit some winners, cash some tickets. We're gonna have everything uh, flying, baby. All right, listen, great stuff by everybody. Great mafia, always fun. Uh, Pharrell on the bench, Carver high, and mafia. Scotty back, and everybody back on January fourth. Have a good night, everybody. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.